This is the Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 14th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Philip said to Jesus, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you all this time, Philip, and you do not know me? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. But if you do not, then believe me because of the works themselves. Very truly, I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do and, in fact, will do greater works than these because I am going to the Father. I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If in my name you ask me for anything, I will do it. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, because he abides with you, and he will be in you. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. The assembly may be seated. Grace and peace to you from God our Creator and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. I've always been impressed by people who are bilingual or multilingual. There's just something about that talent because it's one I don't have. It doesn't mean I haven't tried over the years. Two years of French in middle school, which resulted in me having a French vocabulary about the size of that of Pepe Le Pew. Uh, then it was four years of German in high school with a bonus year in college, the likes of which I use once a year when I go to the Chris Kindle Mart so I can order my Wiener Schnitzel authentically, as they say. And then as they go to count out their change, I lose track of the numbers and end up embarrassing myself. It's really fun every year. Right. Then in seminary, it was Hebrew the highlight of which was the extra credit I earned to ensure a passing grade, and I earned it by putting the Hebrew alphabet to the tune of Lady Gaga's poker face and created a dance to go with it. The extra credit alone was worth it, and yes, there is a video somewhere, but we don't need to get into that here today. And then there's Greek, which, as it turns out, is still Greek to me because I didn't learn much of it at all. But that's been my experience. But what I have realized, though, in that experience of trying my hand at different languages throughout my life, is that oftentimes when you learn a language, it's reflective of the culture of the people who speak that language natively. You learn their vocabulary. You learn what's important to them. You become part of that larger community. And I think that's really important. Because, you see, we enter into communities all the time in our daily lives, and each one of them has their own sort of unique language that you have to learn in, to, in order to fully understand and embrace what's going on. For example, during seminary, that community, the language we spoke was that of theology and liturgy. And then the weird things that our professors would say and we'd say behind their backs, you know, that kind of fun stuff, right? Then there's other communities, like the sporting community. All these terms that we use to understand the games that we love. There's the Lego community, which, yes, I count myself a part of as an adult, mind you. It says up to 99 on the box, okay? Sorry, Ruth. I'm sorry. You can, I'll share my Legos with you one day, okay? I'm sorry. But 
But in that community, too, it's, it's the language of, of different types of bricks and, and minifigures. It's set numbers and all of the rest. In fact, now that I think about it, we are in this Pride Month, the month where we set aside time to celebrate pridefully that community, the LGBTQIA plus community that has its own distinct language, a language that helps for people to identify how they feel, who they are, and how God created them uniquely and how they love others as well. And the lesson in all of this is that we live in a world filled with diverse communities. And the more that we open ourselves to listen, to embrace, the more wide-ranging and robust our experience of God's creation will be. Acts today, our reading from Acts, opens with the experience of what I like to call a cacophony theophany. This moment where the Holy Spirit is revealed in a loud, booming way, in many different ways as well. The Holy Spirit shows up at the Jewish festival of Pentecost. And it shows up for some as a rushing wind. For some as tongues of flames. And for others as languages. The diversity of languages. And that diversity is key. Because the whole scene is framed by this idea that as the people came to Jerusalem, there was representation of every nation under the heavens gathered there faithfully in Jerusalem and that moment. A person or people representing all peoples, all cultures, all communities, and all languages gathered in one place to celebrate one thing. The deeds of power that God has done the deeds of power and gifts that God has given. But you see, these people aren't just gathered, as it turns out, to speak of these deeds of power. They are about to experience a deed of God's power. As people with diverse languages are able to understand one another in their own languages. And that's an amazing, astonishing, and even perplexing sort of thing. Because we live in a world where we really don't like to take the time to get to understand people who are different than us. And yet in this moment, with all nations under heavens gathered together in one place, there is understanding abounding. But I think it's important. It's important to not get too caught up in this. It's important to recognize that this is not a reversal of that Tower of Babel story that we know from the Old Testament story about a community of people who decided that they would, didn't want God to just do deeds of power. They were going to do it themselves. And so they start to build this tower up into the heavens that they may be heavenly too. And it's then that God steps in. God steps in and creates a diversity of language, which means they sound like they're babbling to each other so that they can no longer build this tower or seek power in this way. And this is important. This is important to see that this today, the Pentecost story, isn't a reversal of that. Because this isn't a story of God making one singular language the thing. But instead, it's something even bigger than that. It's God creating a space where all people may understand one another in the midst of the great diversity of our creation. Celebrating with all nations, all communities, all languages, the deeds of God's power for all people in all places. And it's such an uproarious celebration that those onlookers 
step back and say, well, the obvious answer is they're all drunk. That must be the case. Which leads then to the strangest opening to any sermon that I'm sure Peter will ever preach in his life. He stands up and he starts his sermon by saying, they're not drunk, it's 9 a.m., how could that be, right? Okay, let's see where this takes us. At least there's got to be a children's message in there somewhere, right? And, and so that's where we start. But what's interesting is if we listen to what Peter has to say, if we listen to his sermon today, we're going to realize very quickly that it's not debauchery that's happening. It's fulfillment of prophecy, particularly a prophecy from Joel. Joel, who provides this beautiful image where all people, regardless of things like age, gender, socioeconomic status, free or slave, are filled with the gifts of the Holy Spirit and the variety of gifts found therein. Today, it's all about celebrating the diversity of gifts that we experience through the Holy Spirit. And we're going to do that here in just a few minutes with our confirmands here sitting in the front row as they come forward to affirm their baptismal promises this day. Now, each of you have participated in a variety of instruction that includes classroom, worship, as well as service opportunities. And at the same time, each of you two weeks ago came and, and stood up here and gave a statement of faith. You gave a statement of faith that reflected your own experience of faith, your own learned faith language, how it is that you have come to understand and express who God is in your life now and moving forward. But what I love about it is that even though you had the same curriculum in the same church and were cursed with the same pastor, your words were all uniquely different. Because each of you has uniquely figured out what your faith is for you and expressed it in ways unique to who you are. And that is so key. It's key today as we invoke the Holy Spirit to bless each of you as you take the next step in your faith, as you continue to build that vocabulary of faith, as you continue to live into it. And I hope that each of you, in what lies ahead, are able to find the best way to express who you are as a beloved child of God. Maybe your faith language is going to be a language rooted in service. Some of you have or will be going on a trip in the coming weeks right, to go and serve in other places. Maybe your faith language is going to be one of prophecy, speaking out for justice and peace for God's people and the world that God created, the very things that we prayed for at the time of your own baptism for some of you here in this very place. Or maybe your faith language is going to lead you to seminary. I don't know. A guy can wish, right? I get bonus points when that happens. So, you know, maybe it takes you there. But regardless of where it leads, the key today is this. That any spirit-led faith must be rooted in openness and understanding. Openness to who we are. Openness to see that maybe who we are today isn't who we are tomorrow. Openness to see that maybe our life experiences are going to redefine, reshape, and perhaps change how it is that we understand our relationship with God but that we know that regardless of what we face in life, our God loves us nonetheless. And an understanding that other people might have other experiences or other people may have a different faith language, but that they too 
are expressing their faith as well, giving thanks for the deeds of God's power that they experience in their lives. Because you see, together, we are the body of Christ. We are the body of Christ filled with the very same Holy Spirit that was there some 2,000 years ago is the same Spirit blowing, rushing on fire in this place here today. And it's a Spirit that moves each of us uniquely. And each of us uniquely expresses our faith in our words, but also in our actions. So this day, in a few moments, you will come up and take the action of affirming that which your parents and godparents and grandparents and everyone else did at the day of your baptism. And together as a community, we will affirm our faith as well. And then we will be sent into the world to put to use our faith language in our daily lives, to treat others with peace, compassion, openness, and understanding, that we may begin to create the world that God intended for us, a world that can be had now here in this place, not just someday in the future. So for all of us gathered here this day, may you be filled with that spirit of openness, that spirit of understanding, that spirit of prophecy and wisdom, the spirit of fire to change the world we live in. Thanks be to God for that spirit and for each of you. Amen.